Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, the cold is still sticking around. I feel like my voice is a little stronger than last night. I'm not having to give it all I got to say a word tonight. So that's a positive, I assume. And it's a bye week. You got to rest this weekend, right? The Irish reading cheeseburgers on the couch, and they'll get a chance to watch the BYU Cougars tonight. 8 o'clock kickoff as they take on Utah State. They'll be playing for, of course you know this, the old Wagon Wheel Trophy. The 91st installment of BYU and Utah State. Of course, the Irish and the Cougars play in Vegas a week from Saturday, 7.30 kick on WSBT Radio. By the way, Utah State is from the Mountain West Conference. They beat UConn in their first game, one of the worst teams in the FBS. The Aggies won 31-20. They had a little step up in competition after beating UConn. They went down to good old Tuscaloosa and faced roll damn tide in Alabama, beat Utah State 55 to nothing. Then a loss to Weber State 35-7. And the most recent game for Utah State, they faced another future Notre Dame opponent, UNLV. And the Rebels went to Utah State and won 34-24. BYU right around a 25-point favorite tonight in this matchup with the Aggies from Utah State. Welcome to the program this Thursday, September the 29th of 2022. A glorious fall day, 64 degrees and sunshine in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Normally on Fridays, it is prediction day. We go through all the elements 
of the next Notre Dame game the following day, but we've got nothing tomorrow. So we're going to go a little different direction today. We're going to talk about how some of Notre Dame's top opponents are faring so far this year, Ohio State, Clemson, BYU, and USC. We'll have our Twitter question of the day, and it has to do with the running backs the Irish are using right now, the three-headed monster. We're going to pick some NFL games coming up later on in the 5 o'clock hour. My five question of the day, I'm going to give you five BYU offensive players to look out for tonight if you're going to watch that BYU-Utah State game as you possibly just scout this next Irish opponent. In the 6 o'clock hour, we'll have our Notre Dame opponent rankings. Also, we've got our sports wagering segment, and we had an immaculate wagering segment last night. 5-0. and Doesn't happen very often. We'll take it. We'll try to build off that momentum with eight picks tonight. Eight, five from college football, three from the National Football League. We're doing the picks today for the weekend because I'm going to be off tomorrow. Jim Arizari is going to be filling in on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm heading back to central Illinois. I have the great privilege to be inducted into my high school hall of fame. So looking forward to that ceremony tomorrow. I mean, my town's 2,400. We have one stoplight in the whole city. It's the only stoplight in the whole county. So as you can tell, we're a metropolis, but the lead singer of Ario Speedwagon is from my hometown, so that's kind of big. And we have Lincoln, New Salem State Park, where Abraham Lincoln lived for seven, eight years, built all these log cabins. So we're kind of a big tourist attraction in Petersburg, Illinois. So heading back there after the show tonight and looking forward to that ceremony tomorrow. And it works perfectly on a Notre Dame by weekend. So again, Jim is going to be filling in on tomorrow's program. I'll be back on Monday. We'll talk all things Fighting Irish and BYU. Things are developing right now in Major League Baseball coming down the stretch. That National League wildcard race is kind of up in the air right now. The Braves or the Mets, whoever does not win the NL East, is going to be the number one wildcard. But two and three, who knows? Padres are two and a half in front of the Phillies, three in front of the Brewers. But right now, the Phillies are losing to the Cubs 2-0. Give it to the Cubs for a team not trying to win this year. They have pitched the ball extremely well in the second half. I mean, they're one of the best team ERA squads in Major League Baseball since the All-Star break. And Javier has sat through five shutout innings today at the Phillies. And the Cubs lead the Phillies 2-0 in the top of the ninth. If the Phillies lose, the Brewers tie the Phillies for the final wild card spot and the Brewers can overtake the Phillies if they beat the Marlins tonight so we could have the Brewers in and the Phillies out it's going to be an interesting last week in Major League Baseball and the Chicago White Sox finally won today Ending their eight-game losing streak, of course, the day after they get eliminated from the postseason, they figure out a way to win by a final score of 4-3. to All right, let's get this program rolling. Our Sports Beat first pitch is on the way. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and we have a video feed up and going right now on the Twitch app. 
The first pitch and the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch to you tonight. How are Notre Dame's top opponents faring so far this year? Well, the month of September has been really good to the Ohio State Buckeyes, the number three team of the country, and the team the Irish face to start their 2022 campaign. The Buckeyes have not left Columbus yet. They start the year with five consecutive home games, and they have held serve so far. Buckeyes are 4-0. They beat the Irish 21-10, then took care of Arkansas State 45-12, a route of Toledo 77-21. You figure? Well, after beating Arkansas State and Toledo, you get into Big Ten play, things might get at least a little more interesting. No, not really. The Wisconsin Badgers... Arrived in Columbus Center with hopes of pulling off the upset, a 19-point underdog. 19 was not enough. Ohio State throttled Wisconsin 52-21. After watching Wisconsin play, it might be Iowa against Minnesota to decide who's going to win the Big Ten West. Iowa has to deal with Michigan on Saturday. So the Badgers... Really not a factor in Columbus last Saturday. Remember how Notre Dame had C.J. Stroud under control in that opening game? Didn't do a whole lot. Irish used their running game to keep C.J. off the field. Now the double safety blitz called by Notre Dame resulted in a Stroud touchdown pass. That was the highlight of his game. But then the final touchdown drive was basically... Run left, run middle, run right. 95-yard touchdown drive. Game over. Buckeyes win. So Stroud was quiet. Well, he's made up for that first quiet game against Notre Dame. His now stats for the season, Stroud is completing 70.5% of his throws, 1,222 passing yards, 16 touchdown passes, one interception, He's been sacked two times. This just in, the NFL not impressed. We've seen Ohio State quarterbacks put up these Madden-type numbers year in and year out. For some reason, those Buckeye quarterbacks never seem to pan out. Hopefully, Justin Fields becomes the exception, the Bears quarterback, but the Bears won't even let him throw. And when he does, he seems to find the other team way too often. So Fields' lack of success, I don't know, does it kind of hurt C.J. in the draft process? Probably not, but it probably will make NFL teams stop and think again about this Ryan Day system just does not allow quarterbacks to have bad days and bad offensive numbers. So the Buckeyes are 4-0 on the season, and they have their fifth consecutive home game Saturday. It should not be a problem. They will take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And Ohio State is favored by 40 against Coach Shiano's Scarlet Knights. Buckeyes and Michigan, 
Who knows down the line? That might be a matchup to decide who not only goes to the Big Ten championship game, but who makes the college football playoff. Michigan can't beat them two years in a row. There's no. It's not going to happen. In Columbus, the horseshoe, don't see it. Another opponent to watch out for on the Notre Dame schedule. The old Clemson Tigers from the Atlantic Coast Conference, a team that Notre Dame beat in that wild double overtime game during the COVID year. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. You always have to have that asterisk on the win. And then when Lawrence was healthy, Clemson rolled by Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Both made the playoffs, but Notre Dame... Unfortunately, one and done in the playoffs. Clemson this year trying to bounce back from a season last year in which their offense had a horrible time scoring points. DJU, who played against the Irish in that COVID game at Notre Dame Stadium, looked fantastic, was mediocre last year. Now he lost 20 or 30 pounds. He looks better. And things are off to a better start this year for DJ. Completing 64% of his passes for 1,033 yards, 10 touchdowns and a pick. He also has 41 carries for 169 and a touchdown. Clemson had their backs up against the wall last night, or I should say last week, at Wake Forest. I love Coach Clawson at Wake Forest. He does as much with very little more than anybody else in the country. He had Sam Hartman, the veteran quarterback, throwing it all over the place. And those young Clemson corners, their heads were spinning. Wake Forest had them. Then Clemson went to two safeties back, and Wake Forest stopped attacking. They started running the football, and they ran themselves away from a victory as Clemson escaped with a road win in overtime over Wake Forest 51-45. I left that game thinking this. Now, this was before Notre Dame faced North Carolina, and I think we were all still wondering, what are the capabilities of Drew Pine throwing the football? In particular, throwing it more than five yards down the field. What's going to happen? Well, Clemson's corners had a very, very difficult time in that game against Wake Forest. Had they kept throwing... I really think Wake Forest would have won that game, but they wanted to run against that NFL defensive line of Clemson. Probably not the best choice, and they would like a do-over. But Clemson looks like a team. If you have any sort of passing game, you can have success. Now, you have to be able to protect your quarterback with that great pass rush Clemson has. And we're a month away from Notre Dame taking on Clemson, so hopefully the Irish offensive line is even further along in their progression to greatness. You protect him, you can do damage against Clemson. Now, they can get better, too, of course. Those corners had a long way to go. Pass efficiency defense for Clemson, to give you a little dose of reality, 92. 92. Now, they're not North Carolina bad, 127, but 92 for Clemson with that defensive line telling the run defense that wake forest ran into number eight in the country giving up just 78 and a half yards per game notre dame wants to run the football against everybody that'll be a tough challenge 
against that Clemson front. And our old friend, the guy Notre Dame went after with everything, including the kitchen sink, running back Will Shipley. Shipley so far this year, 52 carries, 353 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, and seven rushing touchdowns. I'm a little surprised he's not more involved in the passing game. Shipley, six catches, 43 yards. Clemson is 4-0 and ranked number five in the country, and they've got a major showdown at home this week as Clemson will take on the number 10 team in the country, North Carolina State. We're looking at Notre Dame opponents and how they're faring so far this year. Now to BYU, the Cougars are 3-1. Their marquee victory, they beat Baylor 26-20. Their other big matchup was a loss, and you could say it was a convincing loss. As Oregon had BYU buried throughout the game, Cougars got some garbage points, made it look closer than it was. Final score from Eugene, Oregon 41, BYU 20. That BYU offense led by junior quarterback Jaron Hall, 71% thrower of the football, 1,164 yards, nine touchdowns and a pick. He's ran it 31 times, but for only 79 yards. Running back Christopher Brooks, 38 carries for 204 and three touchdowns. But against the two biggest opponents, Brooks was quiet. The BYU running game was quiet. Worth noting for a week from Saturday. Brooks against Oregon, 10 carries, 28 yards. Against the Baylor Bears, Brooks, 13 carries, 31 yards. BYU could not run it against those two football teams. And I think Notre Dame has a better front than Oregon and Baylor. BYU has not been able to stop the run very well. Right now, BYU is 81st in the country in run defense. This is worth noting, Irish fans. Audric, Chris, Logan, good news for you. BYU is giving up 152 yards per game. The Oregon Ducks ran right through BYU's defense. 44 carries, 212 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, three touchdowns. Also, BYU is not stopping the pass very well either. Pass efficiency defense of 62. If you follow college football, you remember Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, a lot of ups and downs for Bo Nix with the Tigers. He's now quarterbacking the Oregon Ducks. And Nix against BYU, 13 of 18, For 222, he averaged 12.3 yards per completion, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are some lofty passing numbers for a quarterback that's average, maybe a hair better than average. Those are some pretty impressive numbers posted against BYU. So the Cougars have had their issues on defense. Not UNC bad, but not great. And they haven't ran the football against their two biggest opponents. By the way, DraftKings Sportsbook last night put out a Notre Dame-BYU line. 
And the first line that came out, Notre Dame, a one-point favorite against BYU. That could change dramatically after BYU takes on Utah State tonight at 8 o'clock. And the fourth and final team I want to tell you about that's on the Irish schedule as we look at Notre Dame's top opponents from the old Pac-12 conference, the USC Trojans. Lincoln Riley's Trojans are 4-0. Of note, they beat Stanford 41-28. More on that in a moment. I thought Fresno State might give them a game at the Coliseum. The answer was no. USC won 45-17. And Oregon State nearly knocked off the Trojans in Corvallis. Jumped out to the lead. Couldn't hold it. USC beat Oregon State 17-14. Heisman Trophy candidate, the transfer from Oklahoma, Caleb Williams. 65% throw of the football for 1,054 yards. Nine touchdown passes, no interceptions. You think about the Irish pass rush getting better and better. Well, USC, through four games, has had their quarterback sacked nine times. That's right, nine times. Williams, 36 carries, 100 yards. 68 of those yards against Rice on six carries. Running back Travis Dye is their top back. 360 rushing yards and three touchdowns through four games, averaging 7.3 yards per carry. You've got Jordan Addison, the transfer from Pittsburgh. The wide receiver living up to the hype. 21 catches for 337, 16 yards per catch, six touchdowns. OU transfer Mario Williams, 13 catches for 216 and a touchdown. But here is the issue with USC. The run defense is not very good. I feel like I have to say this every time I talk about somebody being bad. Well, USC is not North Carolina bad running the football or stopping the run, I should say. USC's run defense, 100th in the country. They are giving up 171 yards per game. Irish offensive line, looks like they can do some eating on the floor of the Coliseum. Stanford lost by 13 to USC. But the Cardinal, 45 carries, 221 yards, 5 yards per carry, 3 rushing touchdowns. Significant. Oregon State last Saturday, 31 attempts for 153. Again, 5 yards a pop, and USC gave up a pair of rushing Touchdowns. Now, pass efficiency defense, USC is 10th, outstanding. But the run game right now is leaking oil in Southern California. Ohio State doesn't have many weaknesses. Clemson's not very good against the pass right now. BYU can't run it or stop the run against good teams. And USC can't stop the run. So you look at Notre Dame taking on these teams, you see a path for success for this Fighting Irish football team as they look to continue to dig themselves out of that 0-2 hole. They're back to 2-2. Very winnable game in Las Vegas against BYU a week from Saturday. In the preseason, I picked BYU to beat Notre Dame. I'm not so sure at this point, especially if Notre Dame can be 
75% as good offensively as they were against that bad Carolina team. I just don't think they could be that good again, but then again, BYU is giving up a lot of yards on the ground so far this year. So that's a look at how Notre Dame's top opponents are faring so far this year. They're 15-1 and combined, but there are some cracks in the armor that the Irish might be able to take advantage of. Halfway through the 5 o'clock hour, Darren Pritchett with you on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Coming up next, a recap of yesterday's Twitter question of the day. Which Notre Dame player surprised you the most over the first four games? And then we'll unveil today's Twitter question of the day, which centers around the Irish running backs. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, broadcasting live on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on the Twitch app. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Touchdown, Chris Tyree! Yes! 98 yards! On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wide open, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. It is 536, 64 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Darren Pritchett with you on this Thursday, September the 29th of 2000. And 22. Well, the Purdue Boilermakers, they've got a big matchup at Minnesota coming up on Saturday. The Gophers might be the best team in the Big Ten West. Boy, they throttled Michigan State in East Lansing last weekend. And it looks like there is a chance the Boilermakers could be shorthanded once again. Mike Carmen from the Journal Courier down in West Lafayette is reporting that Jeff Brom before heading off to Minnesota, says that Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell is a game-time decision. O'Connell missed the Florida Atlantic game last week. The Boilermakers survived and advanced by winning 28-26 and using Austin Burton as their quarterback, and it might be Austin Burton once again in this crucial game against Minnesota. Also, the Boilermakers' third-leading rusher, King Doru, he has also been ruled out for this game. He's got 18 carries for 64 yards. And Carmen also reports that Brom says that linebacker safety Graham, wide receiver Thompson, offensive lineman Craig are all out. Thompson and Craig could be out for an extended period of time. So the Boilermakers lost at Syracuse, a frustrating game, barely got by Florida Atlantic. And now a double-digit underdog as they head to Minnesota to take on the Gophers on Saturday. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here we go with our Twitter question of the day. First, the results from yesterday's poll question, which you can find every weekday on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. The Wednesday question, 
Which of these Notre Dame players has surprised you the most over the first four games? Here are the four choices I offered. We start with quarterback, Drew Pine. Running back, Audric Estime. Your third choice from the defensive line, Howard Cross. And the fourth selection was cornerback Benjamin Morrison. Who surprised you the most? Well, the least of the four, quarterback Drew Pine. He only picked up 8.7% of the vote. Maybe those individuals saw enough of Drew against Cincinnati and Wisconsin last year to feel comfortable. And Drew Pine is the backup, and if he was needed full-time, he'd be okay. He's been better than okay so far. 8.7% of the vote to quarterback Drew Pine. Third in the voting, 23.2% went to defensive lineman Howard Cross. Now, Cross had made a name for himself last year in a reserve role. Entered last week as the team's leading tackler, doing some very important things in the middle of that Fighting Irish defensive line. So, Howard Cross, 23% of the vote. Which of these Notre Dame players has surprised you the most? Second in the voting, sophomore running back, Audric Estime. Only seven carries last year as a freshman, six against Georgia Tech, one in the bowl game against Oklahoma State. I think no matter who you listen to, watch, read, all of us in the Notre Dame media built a pretty strong case. You were going to see a whole lot of Audric Estime this year. He really got rolling against Carolina, except for that fumble at the goal line. He took advantage of a weak Carolina defense, and he put up some massive numbers. So, Audric Estime, second in the voting for most surprising players for Notre Dame at 27.5%. And the winner, freshman cornerback Benjamin Morrison at 40.6%. To me, this had to be the winning vote. I'm not sure how many Notre Dame fans, including the diehards, had penciled in a freshman who did not early enroll that would make such an impact at a very difficult position of corner. There's no safety nets at corner. I mean, that's a major jump from high school to college, playing high-level, power five football at Notre Dame, with an independent twist, of course. But Morrison started against California, started against North Carolina, and he is holding up very, very well. Without a doubt, he came out of nowhere. We started hearing Benjamin Morrison during fall camp. And you know what? When the brights shine brightest, we're still talking about him in a very good way. Most surprising player for Notre Dame through four games, you voted. For cornerback Benjamin Morrison, he got 40.6% of the vote. We thank you so much for taking part in our poll question. And now, would you mind doing it again? Here comes today's Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. This was posted earlier today, so people have been voting on this already. Today's question, what running back combination? We're talking about Chris Tyree. Audric Estime and Logan Diggs. Which combination would you like to see become the norm 
for the Notre Dame offense. Now, I wish there were like seven choices I could give you all the combinations, but you only get four on Twitter, so I did the best I could. Based on the number of chances these guys are getting, Logan Diggs kind of was on the outside looking in on some of these combinations. So here you go. Which do you want to be basically reality in the backfield for the Fighting Irish? Choice number one, Chris Tyree gets the most chances. Choice number two, Audric Estime gets the most chances. The third choice, Tyree and Estime basically split the chances. And the fourth choice, we bring Diggs into this one, Tyree, Estime, and Diggs, they all three split up the carries, which we saw against North Carolina. So what running back combination would you like to see become the norm for the Notre Dame offense? Tyree gets the most chances, Estime the most chances, Tyree and Estime split those chances, or Diggs, Tyree, Estime, they split up those carries. We'd like to get your opinion. And looking at the voting early on, all four are getting getting a good amount of votes at this particular time. The one that I thought would win this has a slight lead, but not by as much as I thought. We look forward to... You voting on our poll question, and I don't know if Jim will pass along the results tomorrow. I will for sure on Monday's program. So, again, log on to Twitter, search my account at 960SportsBeat, and take part in our Twitter question of the day. What running back combination would you like to see become norm for the Notre Dame offense? That's our Twitter question of the day. It is 545. We're going to talk some National Football League coming up next as Sports Beat rolls on. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance. For surprisingly great rates that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. By South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at feedindiana.org. And by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt. Don't shop where new beginnings have happy endings. 546 at WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022.
All right, 550 at 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. Cubs win 2-0 over the Philadelphia Phillies, which means the Milwaukee Brewers are now tied for the final wild card spot. The Brewers get the Marlins. So a chance for Milwaukee to jump into that final wild card spot. Well, Kyle Schwarber and the Phillies would be on the outside looking in. All right, let's talk some National Football League. The NFL already heading into week number four, and it all starts tonight. The Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, one of two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. The Cincinnati Bengals, defending AFC champions, got off to an 0-2 start. That disappointing loss down in Dallas to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. But they were able to bounce back and easily take care of the New York Jets in New Jersey last Sunday. Now, beating the Jets does not save your season, but it's a building point for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we start a brand new week with Bengals and Dolphins. Let's go through the schedule. A lot of fun matchups this week in the National Football League. And we start with that game tonight. Dolphins and Bengals on WSBT Radio. 7.30 pregame, kickoff right around 8.15. If you don't get Amazon Prime or if you don't want to go to some of the other outlets to watch the game, you can listen to the ball game right here on WSBT Radio. This is one of those aha lines. It's a head scratcher. It seems like a lock. And these are the ones that get you. The Dolphins are 3-0. and They just beat... Everybody's number one team in their power rankings, the Buffalo Bills, down in Miami last Sunday. Before that, the miraculous come from behind victory winning in Baltimore. And they open the year with the win over the Patriots in Miami. So, what could go wrong? Well, Tua Tagovailoa coming off the injury. Sounds like he may go tonight at quarterback for Miami. The Bengals are a four-point favorite. Hmm. Hmm. What does Vegas know? They still can't protect Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. In fact, they reshaped that offensive line. Four of five new starters from the Super Bowl team, and it's getting worse. Joe Mixon's been very quiet so far this year. He does not have a touchdown. I didn't have to look that one up. He's on my fantasy team. Joe, a little help here. Let's go. Good night to start. So, Dolphins plus four. Why wouldn't you take them? Vegas knows something, and the line's not moving a whole lot. So, I'm going to be that guy and say Bengals win outright, and they take the Dolphins from the undefeated ranks. Then you look ahead to Sunday. A Sunday morning game from London. Vikings and Saints. Vikings had that very impressive win in week one at home over Green Bay. Laid an egg and rallied to beat Detroit last week. Rallying to beat Detroit is not a negative. That's a much better football team in Detroit. They're going to win their share of games this year. I picked them third over the Bears at the start of the year. That might be right. We'll see. Vikings and Saints, Minnesota favored by two and a half. 
Saints are in a must-win mode. They went to London after their game Sunday in Carolina. Disappointing loss. Vikings are not arriving until tomorrow. Is that a factor? I don't know. I just think the Vikings, when they're on their game, are one of the top three teams in the NFC. I'm going Vikings to win against the Saints in London. Browns and Falcons in Atlanta. Falcons coming off a win over Seattle. Browns beat the Steelers a week from Thursday. Cleveland favored by one and a half on the road. I'm going to say the home team pulls off the upset. I'll go with Atlanta. This just doesn't have the same feel to it. One of the great rivalries in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. The old days of Cowboys and Redskins. At least the nicknames are long gone. No more hail to the Redskins. Is it hail to the Commanders? Actually don't know. Hey, Carson Wentz is the quarterback in Washington. Boy, he didn't play well last week. He came down to earth in a hurry against his old team in the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas, have they found something in Cooper Rush? He seems to be more efficient with the football than Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott's making all that money, so he's going to get his job back. But Cooper Rush is a very, very good backup quarterback. Dallas by three. I think Dallas covers and wins this matchup. Seahawks at the Lions. Detroit favored by four. I like the Lions in this matchup. Seattle won that emotional game over Denver in week one where the Broncos shot themselves in the foot 63 million times in that game, allowing Seattle to win. Seahawks have not looked as good the last two weeks. Lions, to me, this is a team that could win six, seven games this year. Should have won last week. Let it slip away. They won't let this one slip away. And I should have looked it up, the Lions. Did they score a touchdown in the fourth quarter last week against Minnesota? Entering the fourth quarter of last week's game, they had scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive quarters. How about that? Not bad, Jared Goff and the boys. St. Brown is really coming into his own. What a fantastic, fantastic receiver for Detroit out of USC. Titans and Colts in Indianapolis. Colts coming off the win over the Chiefs, favored by three and a half. The Titans beat the Raiders in Music City last Sunday. This seems like a game you take the points and just hold your breath, hold your nose. Titans plus three and a half. I think the Colts win the game. Might be a 24-23, 21-20 type game down in Indianapolis. Bears and Giants. MetLife Stadium. First team to 10 points might be looking awfully good in this game. Daniel Jones running for his life against the Cowboys on Monday night. Still needs to make more plays, but the offensive line sure didn't help him. Saquon Barkley over 400 yards from scrimmage so far this year, looking like that old back we saw coming out of Penn State. Bears can't throw it. They just can't. They're going to have to run it. David Montgomery, will he go? Herbert looked good in his place last week. Giants are favored by three. I think the Giants win the game and cover the three points. Also on Sunday, interesting matchup. Jaguars at Eagles. Not often can we say a Jaguar game is interesting. But Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson led the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl in 2017. A couple of years later, he's out of work. 
He's landed in Jacksonville. They're 2-1. They went to L.A. and hammered the Chargers last week. Trevor Lawrence looks like a different quarterback with an actual NFL coach as his head coach. You go from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, yeah, in the NFL world, that's a big step up. But can they go to Philadelphia and beat the best team in the NFC? The Eagles, Philadelphia, favored by six and a half. The Philly fans will tear down the city if they lose to the Jaguars. Even a two and one, much better Jacksonville football team. Not sure they cover. Eagles find a way to win this game. Jaguars offense looks really good right now. Christian Kirk, the wide receiver from Arizona, signed with the Jaguars. He is Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Jets and Steelers from Pittsburgh. Wow, things change. Pittsburgh only favored by three. Bears fans know what I'm going to say. When you have Mitchell Trubisky as your starting quarterback, you face the Jets, you're only favored by three. Boy, I want to say Jets, but don't the Steelers have to figure out a way to win this game? Yeah, I think they do. Bills and Ravens, fun game in Baltimore. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Bills stinging after losing at Miami last week. Lamar Jackson is absolutely tearing up the competition. He bet on himself like Aaron Judge did for the Yankees. Judge at 61 home runs so far this year. It's going to work out in free agency. Lamar Jackson bet on himself. Well, he's just basically putting up four or five touchdowns every week. I think the Ravens take down Buffalo in this particular matchup. Buffalo favored by three on the road, by the way. Chargers and Texans. Chargers by five. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. It has ugly written all over it. If I had to, I'd lean Texans plus the five. Chargers win the game, but I'm not sure how easy it's going to be. Joey Bosa is on IR right now, needing surgery. The Chargers look like they are taking on water right now in Los Angeles. Cardinals visiting Carolina. Panthers favored by one and a half. Running back Christian McCaffrey has not practiced the last two days. He's on the injury report. Not a good sign. That means Baker Mayfield has to carry you. Not good. Let's go with the Cardinals and take the one and a half. Patriots and Packers at Lambeau. Packers catch a break as they're going to face likely Brian Hoyer as the starting quarterback with Mac Jones out with the left ankle injury suffered last week against the Ravens. Green Bay favored by nine and a half, and that feels like a good number for Green Bay. Packers roll to the win over the Patriots, although I'm not sure we can count on the Packers to score a lot of points, but I'm not sure how many points the Patriots are going to score. Broncos in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the National Football League. Denver is an ugly 2-1. As the Raiders owner would say back in the day, Al Davis, just win, baby. Well, Denver did on Sunday night, 11-10 over San Francisco. Vegas favored by 2.5. This just feels like a spot where the Raiders do just enough to pick up the victory. And I... Cannot stand saying that as a Bronco fan. Ugh, I'm going to have to take two showers. I guess I'm going to go with the Raiders, but I'm not sure about the two and a half. And finally, 
Rematch of the NFC Championship game. Rams and 49ers from Levi Stadium in San Francisco. San Francisco favored by one and a half. The Niners have kind of owned the Rams the last few years up until that NFC Championship game. I'm going to say the 49ers figure out a way to win that game. San Francisco favored by one and a half. You know what? I'll lay that. And I say San Francisco wins the game outright. Tough to say after watching that game Sunday, but Denver has a top 10 defense. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was facing North Carolina's defense. That's a pretty good defense. They'll bounce back against the Rams. So that's who wins this weekend in the National Football League. You can hear the Bears-Giants on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM, Titans and Colts, Sunday at 1 o'clock on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton, and we will have Rams and 49ers for you here on WSBT Radio as well. Primetime football here on WSBT. And don't forget Dolphins-Bengals tonight at 7.30. It is four minutes after 6 o'clock. Coming up, the My 5 question of the day. Who are five BYU offensive players to watch for if you're going to tune into the Cougars-Utah State game tonight? We've got our Notre Dame opponent rankings coming up, a sports wagering segment. I went 5-0 and last night. Let's ride the wave. How about some more winners tonight? That's all on the way. Sports Beat from 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT Radio app. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith, touchdown. Flag fire, rocket, touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Seventeen minutes after six o'clock, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Hope you're having a terrific Thursday. Thank you so much for joining me as we talk local sports for a couple of hours here on WSBT Radio. Hey, we've got Dolphins and Bengals tonight here on WSBT Radio. Now. You're not going to be able to see this if you're listening on the radio, obviously, not breaking news. But how about the uniforms the Cincinnati Bengals are going to wear tonight? I mean, they might be, for sure, the best alternate jersey in the NFL. This might be the best uniform overall in the NFL. If you haven't heard about these uniforms the Bengals will use, it is that white Bengal tiger Look, the helmet is white with black striping of a Bengal. The uniform jersey is white with a black number on the front. Then they have that Bengals logo, that B with the striping on the inside, the orange and black. That's the one thing that's going to be actually a bright color. Then they've got black and white striping on the shoulders, white pants. I mean, it is 
sharp. It's as good as any uniform in the NFL. And I'm imagining they probably have hit the jackpot in Cincinnati with jersey sales with these uniforms, especially with the Bengals coming up being a participant in the Super Bowl last year. These are sharp. And they'll take on the Miami Dolphins tonight. So the Dolphins will be in that, what, aqua green jersey. But the story is going to be those Bengal whites. Now, hopefully they play well in them or they're not going to look as sharp. They're going to look a little more dreary because the Bengals need a victory to get back to 2-2 two and two in a highly competitive American football conference. I saw this stat the other day that there have been 18 games so far in the NFL through three weeks that have been decided by three or fewer points. And I believe since the AFC and NFC came about, the merger, I believe that is the most we have had. I mean, that's remarkable. Everything has been seemingly so competitive this year. That's what the NFL wants. They want parity. They want you to be able to go from fourth place to first place quickly. This isn't college football where it's all about recruiting and NIL and money and cars and all that stuff. You got to draft. You got to develop. The NFL is a special league, and we've got something brewing right now. I mean, who's the best team in the NFL? Everybody thought Buffalo coming in, and they still may be that team, even though they lost in Miami last week. I don't think the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL. I think Philadelphia might be the best team in the NFC, but in the AFC, Kansas City looked normal last week against the Colts. The Bills lost to the Dolphins. I don't know at this point. A little bit up in the air. It's going to be a fun, fun AFC playoffs. You're going to have seven really good football teams. In the NFC, I'm not sure you're going to have seven great teams making the postseason this year. But if you're going to watch the game or maybe the highlights, those Bengal uniforms, what do the kids say nowadays? They're dope? Or is that like 10-year-ago kids said that? Whatever the case may be, they are sharp. They are fine. Nice job by the Cincinnati Bengals. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tonight is the 91st installment of BYU versus Utah State. That's right. They're going to be wheeling out the old wagon wheel trophy for the winning team. Likely BYU. They're favored by 25 or so. Notre Dame's next opponent is BYU. So you, the Irish fan, have a chance to scout BYU tonight when they take on Utah State at 8 o'clock. Can Utah State played Alabama, lost 55-0. They lost to UNLV last week. All they have done is beaten a bad UConn team. So today's my five. Who are the five BYU offensive players to keep an eye on? As you watch the Cougars take on the Aggies tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We start on offense with the running back, Chris Brooks. 38 carries, 204 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, three touchdowns. I documented this earlier in the program, but it's worth mentioning. Can BYU run the football against a really good team? Notre Dame's a really good team. Oregon? Baylor, pretty good football teams. BYU couldn't run it against them. Maybe a good sign for Notre Dame. Brooks, 
against Baylor and Oregon. His combined numbers, 23 carries, 61 yards and a touchdown. Seven catches in those two games against, actually I should say seven catches for the year. Six of those against Baylor and Oregon. Four. Coming into the season, I saw it was written that BYU feels like they have as good of an offensive line as anybody in the country. It's a veteran group. The left side of their line in particular stands out. Blake Freeland and Clark Barrington. They've also added a transfer from Oregon. Right tackle. I'll give it a shot. I've got another week to figure it out. Kingsley Sua Mataye. You'll hear the correct pronunciation tonight if you watch the game. But apparently Kingsley, Kingsley S., is an NFL prospect playing right tackle for BYU, and he comes over from the Oregon Ducks. So supposedly they have a good offensive line, but they sure have not helped the Cougars run the football so far this year. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. Number three is Cougar wide receiver Gunner Romney. You're probably going to say, wait a minute, he doesn't have a catch this year. Why are you bringing him up? Well, he hasn't played this year. He suffered a lacerated kidney early in fall camp. He'll make his debut against Utah State tonight. A highly dependable catcher of the football. Romney has played four years for this BYU football team. And Romney has not been overly conservative. He catches the ball. 117 catches. Nine of those have gone for touchdowns. Number two. Number two is 6'4". Sophomore wide receiver Keanu Hill was honorable mention for some of the wide receiver awards after last week against Wyoming. Hill went five catches, 160 receiving yards, and two scores. He's a deep threat. He is number three on the team in catches with 14, but he's number one in receiving yards with 283. He's number one on the team in receiving touchdowns with three. And again, coming off a red-hot game last week, five for 160 and two scores. Number one. And more than anyone else, the player to watch for BYU on offense tonight as they take on Utah State is their junior quarterback, Jaron Hall. 71.5% of Hall's passes are completed. Through four games, 1,164 yards, nine touchdowns, just one interception. He'll run, but he doesn't run for a lot of yards. He is a guy that people love out in BYU. Apparently, he stands around and signs autographs, takes pictures until everybody that wants one gets one. I respect that. Not something that college players are expected to do or most have to do, but I give him a lot of credit for stepping up and being a man of the people there at BYU. So as you watch BYU and Utah State tonight, that number one player to watch is quarterback Jaron Hall, but also wide receiver Keanu Hill, wide receiver Gunnar Romney, their offensive line, and running back Christopher Brooks. BYU and Utah State tonight at 8 o'clock. BYU will get a couple of extra days rest 
before prep begins for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame as BYU and Notre Dame go to Vegas. Saturday, October 8th, 7.30 kickoff, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It is 6.27 at WSBT. Coming up next, our weekly segment where we take the 12 Notre Dame opponents on their regular season schedule and rank them like an AP poll. A lot of movement in the poll this week. We've got teams jockeying for position, but the top four are still locked in. What did I do with Carolina after that? You know what that is, that, what they did against Notre Dame. We'll talk about that and more as we continue on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from 960 AM, WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and the WSBT Radio app. You can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT Radio app. Just search WSBT Radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you on WSBT Radio. Let's get to our Notre Dame opponent rankings for this week. We take a look at the 12 teams that the Irish play on this year's schedule, and we rank them from 12 to 1, just like an AP, a coaches, or a college football poll. And away we go with number 12. Hanging there at number 12 is Navy, despite winning last week. The midshipmen are 1 and 2. Navy in double overtime, one at East Carolina, 23-20. It's Navy and Air Force from Colorado Springs Saturday at noon. At number 11, a team that's 3-1. It's UNLV. They beat Utah State 34-24 on the road. Still not convinced they're better than some of these teams, so I'm holding UNLV back just a little bit. Not going to learn a whole lot this week. They play New Mexico tomorrow at 11. Coming in at number 10, a team that continues to drop. The thundering herd of Marshall, the team that upset the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium. They have now lost two consecutive games. They lost to Bowling Green on the road in overtime. And then this past Saturday, they lost at Troy 16-7. Henry Columbia. Remember how good he looked at Notre Dame Stadium, the Marshall quarterback against Troy? 8 of 13 for 49 yards. Marshall will end their two-game slide. They play Gardner-Webb at 5.30 on Saturday. Marshall dropped from 9 to 10 in my Notre Dame opponent ranking. Number 9 is Boston College. They drop a spot. The Eagles are now 1-3. They got hammered in Tallahassee by Florida State, 44-14. Bad offensive line in front of Irish quarterback from a few years ago, Phil Dracovic. He's completing just 60% of his passes, 843 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. BC hosting Louisville Saturday at noon. Number eight, up two spots. The California Golden Bears, who are now 3-1. They almost beat the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium, leading entering the fourth quarter. 
Well, California didn't pout. They rolled by Arizona in Berkeley last Saturday, 49-31. Cal running back Jaden Ott, 274 yards and three touchdowns. Cal at Washington State, Saturday at 5.30. Number seven, the one and two Stanford Cardinal. They lost at Washington, 40-22. The Cardinal, 17-point underdog at Oregon, Saturday night at 11. Our Notre Dame opponent rankings, 12 through 7, Navy, UNLV, Marshall, Boston College, California, Stanford. Coming in at number 6, down a spot, the North Carolina Tar Heels. We all know about their defense. Offense was held in check by Notre Dame for the most part. It's weird that May had five touchdown passes. It didn't feel like it. Irish won 45-32, the Heels will take on Virginia Tech Saturday at 3.30. Up one to number five, the undefeated Syracuse Orange. Syracuse, a home win over Virginia, 22-20, need a last-second field goal to win the game. Syracuse versus Wagner. So they'll be 5-0. They've got a 5 o'clock kick in Upper New York. Number four again this week, the BYU Cougars. BYU is 3-1. Last Saturday... They beat Wyoming 38-24. to As we've been talking about throughout the program, BYU is hosting Utah State tonight. 8 o'clock kick. Number three in the Notre Dame opponent rankings. They haven't moved since the preseason. USC, they're 4-0. Trojans. Held on to win at Oregon State, 17-14. Caleb Williams, 65% throw of the football, nine touchdowns, no picks. They will take on an Arizona State team at the Coliseum without their head coach, Herm Edwards, who's been fired. USC hosting Arizona State Saturday at 10.30. Number two in my Notre Dame opponent rankings, from the ACC, the Clemson Tigers, who are 4-0. Should have lost last week. Wake Forest left their game plan offensively, and it cost them. Clemson, in overtime, beat Wake Forest on the road, 51-45 in overtime. Will Shipley, seven rushing touchdowns for Clemson this year. Big, big matchup with number 10, North Carolina State, in Death Valley Saturday night at 7.30. And the team that may never play a road game. Number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are 4-0. Well, Big Ten play bored them, just like the previous couple of non-conference games. Last Saturday at the Horseshoe, Ohio State 52, Wisconsin 21. C.J. Stroud completing 70% of his passes, 16 touchdown strikes, just one interception. The fifth consecutive home game for Ohio State is this Saturday at 3.30. They will take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So the top six in the Notre Dame opponent rankings, number six is North Carolina. Syracuse undefeated, they're number five. 3-1 BYU comes in at number 4. 4-0 USC at number 3. They can't stop the run. Number 2, Clemson with that all-everything defensive line. 
Clemson is 4-0. And number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is this week's Notre Dame opponent rankings. It was a good night on We Going to Sizzler last night. A perfect night. We'll review the suggestions that hit. And we've got eight picks for you tonight. I'm off tomorrow. So we've got plenty of picks for college football and the NFL coming up next as we have We Going to Sizzler next on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from 960 AM WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. And we wrap up Budweiser's weekday sports beat for this Thursday with our We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment. Darren Pritchett with you here on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. Well, last night was one of those really, really good nights. You know, in baseball, every once in a while we hear about a, a pitcher throwing an immaculate inning. Facing three batters, nine strikes, three strikeouts. That's it. No balls. Everything was strikes. Immaculate inning. Well, last night we had an immaculate sports wagering segment. Let's go through last night's suggestions. We started with the Twins and the White Sox. I went with the Twins on the money line because the White Sox have not seemed interested in about a week. So we went with the Twinkies at home. And last night, the Twins picked up an 8-4 victory. Good start to our list of suggestions. Then we went to the Yankees and the Blue Jays in Toronto behind Garrett Cole. I went with the Yankees on the money line at minus 125. That was a winning wager. The Yankees pulled away late. Aaron Judge, home run number 61. The pinstripes over the Blue Jays, 8-3. The third suggestion last night. It was the Guardians and the Rays, Tyler Glasnow coming off the injured list, Tommy John surgery. Who knew how good he was going to throw right off the bat? Well, he threw outstanding. That could be something Tampa uses in the postseason. But I went with young right-hander Tristan McKenzie and the Guardians on the money line at minus 130. And the Guardians pull it out over Tampa Bay 2-1. to one. The fourth and final suggestion from last night was a two-team parlay. We started with the Brewers on the money line over the Cardinals at minus 155 and the Mariners on the money line against the Rangers. So we needed both the Brewers and the Mariners to win to hit the two-team parlay. Well, the Brewers won 5-1. The Mariners won 3-1. So we went 4-for-4 four four in our suggestions. And just to put a little icing on top of the cake, our underdog pick hit as well, and it was a big one. We took the Cubbies on the money line at plus 160 against the Phillies. I went with Hayden Wisniewski over Aaron Nola, and by golly, the Cubbies got it done last night, winning 4-1, to one, resulting in the immaculate sports wagering segment. So 4-0 last night, 7-4-1 for the week, now 35-30-2, for the month of September, and for the season, 153, 127, and 5. All right, 
I'm not on the program tomorrow, so let's go all in with a handful of suggestions, college football and the National Football League. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend, even though the Fighting Irish are enjoying a bye, eating cheeseburgers on the couch. There is still plenty to watch. There's some really good matchups, and there are some games to wager on. So away we go. Here comes eight suggestions. If we pull off the immaculate sports wagering segment with this, I think I'm going to retire from making picks. All right, here we go. We start with a Pac-12 matchup. Washington at UCLA. The Rose Bowl holds about 100,000 fans. They're getting 20,000 for UCLA games. I think Washington is in a good spot here. UCLA has played nobody, kind of like Michigan played nobody until last week. Then they had their hands full with Maryland. I think the same will hold true for UCLA. I am going Washington minus two and a half at UCLA at minus 115. To the Southeastern Conference, roll damn. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 